Hey everyone, this is Cameron Williams with Glendale Post Sermon, or GPS. We like to know where we are spiritually, mentally, and as a body of Christ. And I'm here with Brian Shackman. Uh, say hi, Brian. What's up? <laughs> um, Alright, let's start navigating. All set, let's go. Alright, Brian. Um, we've uh, had a few losses uh, in our congregation just recently, um, and we've honored both in separate episodes, but uh, I'd like to take some time just to kind of focus on uh, grieving this episode. So how do you think uh, grieving can be a, a good thing for us? Well, I think it's obviously a very, very good thing and a very uh, important thing because we need to recognize the the pain that we're feeling and find way to give expression to it. And at times when we lose people um, who are close to us or have something that's very difficult that needs to be grieved that happened to us, I think if we don't take the time to some way name it and then move forward in a positive way, we can let that thing continue to affect us and continue to bog us down. And so it's just really critical to be able to give voice to the pain that we're feeling. And uh, sometimes that's writing it down. Sometimes it's sitting down and telling a friend about it, but it's just really important that we find the way and the space to say things like that. One of my oddly favorite books of the Bible is the book of Lamentations, which is in the Old Testament, and um, it's just, if you think about the beginning of that word, it's lament. It's being willing to call out what's hard, and it's written by the people of Israel in a hard season. And they basically are asking the question, where is God? And there is the passage in there, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases, but there's a lot of basically like, God, where are you? And it goes on for six chapters basically saying that repeatedly over and over and over again. And there isn't a resolution. There isn't like the thing in the end. And there's books like the book of Job where Job ends in a quote unquote happy ending. It's like, well, you lost all your kids. Here's more. Uh, that's not really as a parent, it wouldn't really work that way, but I, I think it's at least has some sort of a re- resolution but the book of Lamentations is basically just like a community of people saying, excuse my language, but this is effed up, basically. This is, this, is, yeah. this, is, this is wrong, and we are naming that. And I just think it's so important to pause and name pain and be willing to just say it. And sometimes it's writing down, putting things, putting words to paper, because we don't value, I think, deep emotions and what's really going on. Um, so that's why things like funerals are, are um, strangely positive experiences uh, at, in most situations because uh, we are taking a moment and acknowledging that, you know, this person is lost and we're not going to, to see them again. And it's important to come together and do that from time to time. Yeah, I we sometimes don't feel that we know what to say to people at funerals or we don't know what to say to people who are grieving. Um, but I, I do think that 
there's a sense of um, almost that we have to make it better or that we have to say something that will be impactful or, or something like that. But, but it's because I think we've grown up in a society where there's always sort of a happy ending. Like, you know, there's, there's a, a culture, even Disney, like all the movies we've grown up with, there's always a resolution. There's always a happy ending. And life is very rarely like that. There is no, you know, you, uh, you, you work until you die sort of is, is, um, what, what life is more drawn to. Um, but, but we can definitely find, um, our peace in, in acceptance, I feel, and in, in just knowing that like, this is how it is and not that you can't change how it feels, but, but you can't change the, what's happened and just acknowledging, you know, there's so much to just acknowledging, uh, what is instead of trying to fix it or trying to make something better. And, and I think that when we, you know, talk to people who are grieving or even, talk to other people about our grieving um we can feel like there has to be a a fix there has to be a a resolution but that's not really what i feel grieving is it's it's something that you'll be doing throughout your life um you know it uh from what i've heard from from people who've lost more closely like family members or or friends is that it never really goes away, but just over time, it just, it gets a little easier, just, just a bit like it, like, um, and that's also based on, you know, who uh, the the person has lost. Um, but, uh, we can sometimes kind of focus on, uh, what the, uh, the thing we can do to help the grieving process along. And, uh, what are some things you think we can do to help our own grieving process and other others help them grieve. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I I think it's really, it starts with just being willing to name the pain and say this, this hurts because, uh, and sometimes again, that's writing it down. Sometimes it's having a conversation with somebody, but it's being willing to uh, put it out there. And then I think there's great power in, finding ways then to ask God the hard questions, you know, why not that you're going to receive an answer that's just in a, everything's wrapped up in a bow or whatever. But I think that there's great power in being willing to ask the, the real hard questions of, of God. I think at that point also, it's important to open yourself to some sort of community. There's great, forms of community that are around shared losses and, and shared difficulty. I know for me with some of the harder things that I've dealt with, it was a blessing to be able to have people around me who had been through the, the same almost exact thing and letting them say, yeah, it's, it's okay to feel like that. And you need to do this for a little while and you need to have space to be able to let that emotion out and this is how you're going to be feeling and uh, not that it ever goes away but to have somebody who's a few steps further down the road and letting them speak to you in in that moment and I think when we're experiencing pain oftentimes that's when we want to close up and when we don't want to actually share that with other people but it's really profound when we do and we're willing to be open with a with a community so we can 
have people around us and people who will understand our story and then help us go a little bit further into, okay, this is what this is going to look like for the next few years of your life. And it's, it's really powerful. Yeah. I, I think we, we can sometimes get caught up in our emotions and we feel that like emotions can be a selfish thing, but when you're feeling something, it's not untrue. You, you really truly are feeling that. And sometimes expressing that and telling people can actually be a, a pretty selfless thing. You're, you're giving your, you're giving yourself maybe a bit of relief, but it's, it's more along the lines of showing the people you care about how you are doing. I think we can uh, sometimes get caught up in um, feeling that expressing our own feelings is, is a selfish act. It's, it's something that we, we shouldn't put on others. But if we think about our friends and our family, we want them to come to us and tell us things. We want them to feel that we're a place that they can be comfortable. And, and so I think it's very um, prudent for us to really look at ourselves and, and think what things are on my mind that I really should go to my father about, that I should go to my brother about, or my sister, um, or my friend I haven't even talked to in a while. I, you know, that there's something, like you said, profound about sharing your experience and sharing um, how you're feeling, and it can really have a, a good impact on you and those around you. It it can build trust in a lot of ways. Yeah, there there was a a book called Opening Up by an author named James Penbreaker, and in the book he writes about a study that was done on people who dealt with trauma, and he said that going into the study, the expectation was the people who had been involved in more traumatic experiences would have more difficulty overcoming the trauma. And that's what I would have expected to find too, that if you were in a death of a spouse or like death of a child or um, a rape situation, the things like that, that are horrible and really, really, really hard to deal with. His expectation was those people would have the most difficulty bouncing back from those things. But what he found in the in the study is that the nature of the trauma was next to irrelevant in that basically trauma is trauma. But what helped people move forward was the community that you had on the other side of it and opening up to that and being willing to have others share burdens with you and finding productive, healthy ways to move forward together. And that was what helped people to move forward in positive ways. And that very was surprising to me because I would have thought of it as like, oh, well, there's certain things that are more traumatic than others. And so it's just a little easier to get over something that seems to be a little bit less traumatic. But is that, is, that was his expectation too. But the study actually showed that, no, it was about how you're open to people on the other side. And especially in our world today, I don't think we like to show weakness or show uh, that we're feeling certain ways or show the grief that we have. And so it's just really critical that we find that, that communal space to, to move forward together. Yeah. Um, I, I think we, we tend to have a certain viewpoint of grief um, and of negative emotions or, or what we feel are negative emotions like anger and 
and other things like that. We we want to put those in a box and say that those are the bad emotions. We shouldn't feel those. We shouldn't. Um, but it's it's those that actually let us know that we're still alive, that we're we're still feeling. And you know, there there can't be a you know a a rainbow without the the cloudy rainy days. Um, and and we should acknowledge that that a lot of times what seems really bad for us is maybe a growing point, maybe maybe a, a chance to shift or a chance to to change something. Maybe not drastically, but just a little bit. Um, I remember uh, thinking to myself when when we went to Bob Castle's uh, memorial that I I could have known him a little better. I could have maybe sat down with him and had a a real conversation um, that I that I didn't have before. I, like there was a few times when we would joke with him. I think he got the fact that me and my brother and sister had sort of a sense of humor, and and he would really joke with us a bit. But I did feel like well I didn't really have a a deep discussion with him like almost ever. And 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 we can kind of feel bad about that, or we can kind of get in our own heads about that. But I think that just means that it's an opportunity to to do better now to maybe have that discussion with something in your someone in your church that you don't know as well um and and maybe you know reach out for for someone definitely yeah i think i think that's really true that you can either either let that guilt or pain sit in your heart and try to push it below the surface or just say okay you know i'm i am sad that i didn't get the chance like i'm thankful for the ways that i did reach out but i'm sad that i didn't make more of an effort. So how can I learn from that and be better next time and, and grow and try to reach yeah. out to an extra person that I normally maybe wouldn't? Yeah. And that's, uh, that would actually lead us into our next question. Uh, how do you think we can do that? Reach out to people and maybe start a conversation even about grieving? Yeah. I, I think that if someone is going through a hard season uh, and you know about it, then I think the temptation is to just solve it, to go in and say, here's here's what we're doing, here's how we're going to fix this. But really, in situations like that, people just want you to sit with them and not give a, a trite answer, but they want to know that they have friends. They want to know that people are, are with them. And I think we get really nervous around those kind of situations. I think of our church hosting for Family Promise. And when we host for Family Promise, it's the homeless families who come stay at our building for a week. And sometimes it can feel uncomfortable because you're like trying to figure out, okay, I don't really want to ask about how are you homeless? That's not a great way to start a conversation. But I found that if I just go and, and sit with those people and really let them lead the conversation, oftentimes it will get to that place where they'll mention something about a job loss or something that happened to them that has put them in this situation. But that comes from me just being willing to sit with them and not trying to force the conversation. If I would sit down and say, Hey, you know, what is it that caused you to get in this situation? That's just a horrible conversation starter. But oftentimes we can get there by just being willing to, to sit 
and not trying to just say something to fill the silence or whatever, but just sit with people. And I think that's true for people who are in a rough situation like homelessness. It's true for people who are in the hospital. And I've found through my ministry and all those kind of situations that it's just really profound to just be with people in those moments. And it's one of the reasons why I oddly like funerals because it's a chance for me as a minister to be present with people who who are grieving and I don't wish that the person would have died and I wish they were still with us but there's something really significant about those moments when we're all face to face with our mortality and sometimes really in pain for the person that we lost Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I remember when we first started Family Promise um, and how, you know, there's always a sense of like, well, how do I approach this or how do I start a discussion? Um, but I, I think I learned pretty quickly that uh, people who want to talk about um, their pain, it's, it's better if you're not speaking, mm-hmm. <laughs> that, that if they're the ones that are coming to you and, and discussing it for you because um, it can be hard when, when you, when you're in pain and, and so what's even harder is like having someone like saying, Hey, how are you in pain today? Mm-hmm. Or let me, mm-hmm. let me try to fix that. That can be really kind of almost an- anxious and, and nervous. Like you can almost put that on someone. Yeah. But I've found through family promise, especially that if you just sit down, uh, long enough, and introduce yourself. It's like someone will start to talk about their life just a little bit and, Mm -hmm. and you'll get to, to a place where you're, you're all just, you know, sitting around the table, having, having a discussion Mm -hmm. about whatever. And that can be the most healing thing. It's like if someone broke an arm and you just like go up and Hey, let me touch that. And yeah, it's like, like, Oh, are you in pain here? Let me, let me see if I can move this so that you're in less pain. It's like, that doesn't really always help. Yeah. It's just, but if you, the more you listen, the more you'll be able to just be like, all right, well, here's a cast. I'm not going to touch that, mm-hmm. <laughs> but here's a, you know, here's maybe something that you can put on yourself. You know, it's, you know, and some, something I heard in a sermon a few years ago that I've tried to live out is Jesus was really good at awkward. Mm-hmm. And I think that's true that Jesus was willing to go into places and have conversations and be around people that made a lot of people uncomfortable. And, I, I think that that's a good a good life motto for a Christian. Uh, are you putting yourself in situations that are sometimes uncomfortable because of who Jesus is? Are you spending time around the homeless, spending time around people who are in the hospital? Like, are you are you doing that? Um, not because you're better than anybody else, but just are you willing to do things differently than everybody else because of who Jesus is? Yeah. And, and there is there is a sense of well I'm not good at that because I get nervous. It's like mm-hmm. actually, it's moving past that. It's it's doing it enough to where it becomes a regular thing. You will be nervous at first. You will be feel awkward at first trying to strike up a conversation with someone you have you know maybe you feel have nothing in common with. But it's getting past that and and just kind of living in that space. And the more you live in that space, I feel the better you get at it without 
even trying. It's just being in the moment and being present. Well, uh, thank you uh, again, Brian, for sure. joining us today. Nice, um, happy conversation. Yes, of course. Um, and thanks for uh, just everything you've done for this uh, for this podcast. We are Glendale Post Sermon. Um, and we also have a social media for the podcast at Glendale Post Sermon um, on Instagram. And you can connect with the Glendale Church of Christ at Glendale Church of Christ um, on Instagram and Facebook. And you can find me, Cameron, on Insta at Cameron the Voice to connect. Uh, thanks again, Brian. That's a wrap. Thanks.